Go on, make a song, make some art, bake something, make your art fall in love again. Bake yourself happy by loving yourself within. Time to clean up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe. And today is a special day. We have Ananda Whittier here with us. So Ananda is a radical self-love coach, and she works with millennial women who find themselves waiting for their ideal life, love, wait, to be happy. So they're trying to figure out who they really are in a world where everyone is striving for the perfect Instagram-worthy life. We all know what that's all about. There's so many highlights. She teaches them how to fully love and accept themselves so they can stop feeling like a hot mess and finally feel worthy to create the life they deserve and desire. Ananda, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Kelsey. Yes. And so you're in Trinidad, right? Yes, I am. Are you? Yeah, I was going to say, what's it like living in the Caribbean? I mean, other than sunny skies, perfect weather, and paradise. I mean, there's not much to complain about down here. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Did you grow up there? I did. Born and bred. (laughs) Born and bred. Awesome. So I'd love to um, let let the audience as well get to know you a little bit. Can you share what led up to becoming a self-love coach? I mean, that's something that I do as well. And so it's always exciting to be able to meet other women that are also teaching self-love, but in their own way, right? We all have our own way of teaching it and how we teach it. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and your journey um, that, that led up to being a self-love coach and, and, and helping people with manifestation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm so excited to share that. So for me, my story began when my relationship of almost a decade ended. Um, it was my first love um, first boyfriend, first everything. And so we were together, madly in love. We were amazing friends. Like I always tell people that the best thing about that relationship is that the priorities went friendship and then boyfriend, girlfriend, then the relationship. And so when that ended, it really felt like a sucker punch, like my chest physically hurt. I cried myself to sleep for so many nights. Um, you know, and some days it was just rough. Like I remember this time standing in the mall and tears were just rolling down my eyes. I had no reason. I was with my mom, I was with my sister and, you know, there was nothing to trigger me and to say, you know, something was wrong. I didn't see any cute couple. It wasn't like a spot we had been to. There was no memory attached to that. But, you know, that's just a little testament to show you how broken I really felt. And I was, I would say that was like my bottom. I didn't, there wasn't much that in my life that existed around me that didn't remind me of this person. And so I took a trip. I went backpacking in Central America and it was really about like that trip was really a journey into myself, into, um, you know, I was always a student of the law of attraction, but now was my actual time to apply it. Like I actually started to live that in my life. 
And that, that, I mean, it was a solo trip. So it was a great opportunity for me to start learning myself again, um, learning that forgiveness work, doing all of the, all of the things that. What Did you have a guide? Did you have a guide or is it just things that you kind of like intuitively knew? Um, I was listening to Abraham Hicks at the time. I was, um, she's the best. Abraham Hicks is is. amazing. Oh my gosh. I, that's like my go-to still to this day, all the time. Anytime I'm feeling anything, I'm like, I need to go listen to Abraham. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like that was, and it was the first time for me listening to her and really taking all of that in. Um, but for, for the most part, it was a lot of me with my thoughts. It was a lot of journaling. It was a lot of um, just like exploring and like letting myself, you know, sort of decide Be with what yourself. it is I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And like, it was the first time, like not asking somebody else about, hey, what do you want to eat? It was just like me deciding. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I felt the exact same way about traveling. We have very similar stories where there was, you know, a really devastating breakup that led to travel. And that is the exact example that I use of like, I had to decide what I wanted and not just accommodate to like, because I was always so used to taking care of everyone else. Like what's everyone want? Who are we good? Are you good? And it was like, wait a minute, what do I want? Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and it's such a beautiful opportunity to really be able to stand on your own feet and make those decisions and even change your mind. And like, no one's there to like judge you and be like, oh, I thought we were doing this. No, you, you just really <laughs> have to get to the side. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And it, it is like, it's a completely new mindset (laughs) of releasing like shame or blame or like worrying what anyone else thinks when there literally is no one else around. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you went to Central and South America. How long were you traveling? So you went alone backpacking? Yep. For a year. Were you scared before going? Mm, No. I mean, I think I was in too much pain to actually really think about being scared. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I was. I, I was like, the f- everyone was like, are you fr- afraid? And I'm like, I'm more afraid of staying here and staying in this pain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So I'm curious, like with the, 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 the year trip, did you have like the year planned or did you just like start somewhere and kind of <laughs> let it intuitively take you? Yeah, I had a one-way ticket to Mexico and just about nothing else. No plan, no, like, um, you know, I had cash on me. I had my backpack and that was about it. I had an idea of, like, I wanted to visit some places um, and plans just kind of unfolded. Like, I met people. I decided to join, like, a small trip or, like, an overland trip. And so there was really no plan like the idea was for me to just leave and heal leave and like figure out how to let go of all of the things that I was holding on to and and that was my moment to do that you know like I had the time and the actual headspace to start to put myself back together and one of the things that I did was just I sat down and I I journaled about the ideal partner for me. I 
wrote lists of what my ex had that I love. I wrote things that he had that I didn't like. And it was, you know, and I really just sat down and I created the ideal partner for myself. I, I, I wrote, I wrote down everything, like from the big things, like how, how I wanted, you know, him to be spiritual and, you know, the values that we would share. And then I, you know, I wrote down even smaller things. Like my ex did not like to take pictures together. And so it was like, I wrote that down in the positive in my journaling practice. And I said, you know, he's so comfortable taking photos with me. And, you know, because I love being in front of the camera. So it was like so annoying that he didn't like doing that with me. And so I really took all of the things I liked about him, all of the things I didn't and started to create the perfect person for me. And what I did when I made that list was I decided not that, Hey, I'm going to go out and look for this person. I decided that I'm going to go out and be the woman who already has this person, be the woman who would attract this person into my life. And that was really what the journey was about. It was about growing my spiritual practice. So, so that of course, the partner that I attract would be spiritual. And it was about, you know, really learning to love myself in all of the ways that I wanted this other person to love me. And that was my journey for healing. That's so beautiful. I love that. And the best part is, the best part is he showed up. <laughs> yes. <me. laughs> like, he literally texted me a couple, like after I finished the list, it was a work in progress for a while. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing when I started it. What's a while but, to you? Oh, um, well, when you have all day and all night on this one thing, I feel like, how long was it? I wrote my list for maybe about three months. And you like, you like reviewed it and looked back on it and like, said prayers about it, like, would you say daily? Absolutely. I think I, I went back to it every day. And I, it wasn't necessarily about going back to it, but it was like adding to it and just adding like this one thing. Because I, I was going out there and I was like living my life and I was like, maybe I add in this one thing or come back to the list. But I was always like living in the possibility in my mind. Like, that's what I started to do. I was actively doing that, like, meditation, that spiritual work where I, you know, release my ex and I forgive him and, like, stop. And, and like, I actively made that decision every day to not hold on to that anger anymore and literally just give it away. Like, give it to God and picture that beautiful picture me being happy in that beautiful reality of having the dream partner for me mm, I love it oh my gosh and you like help people now with healing from their exes right yeah uh that is definitely like one of the things that I do and it's, it's how I started out as a coach because like when I figured it out and when my um my current partner texted me like he oh yeah we gotta back like, up what do you mean he texted you like how the heck did that happen <laughs> so we knew each other from before so um he texted me literally on april fools and i was like 
okay, this is weird. You know, like I have not heard from this person in years. Like we hadn't spoken, we hadn't, you know, been in contact and we were, you know, kind of had mutual friends, but we weren't in contact anymore. I wasn't even friends with the same people. Um, and I was on my way home from my trip. Like I was taking a flight home and then I was going to pack up and leave in a couple of weeks again. So he texted me and that was like our first point of contact. And from there, like we went out a couple of times and then I left for my trip. We kept talking, we went out again, you know, so it was just like, but the thing was that it was only a few weeks after I'd like finished my list that he reached out to me. And then for the months that we dated after that, like six months, we like, I literally went back to that list and I ticked off every single thing on that list as we got to know each other because I mean it wasn't like I knew he was perfect the minute I saw him but just little things little things that he would say little things that he would offer to do that would just remind me of the list and I would go back and be like "Hmm, I'm taking this off I'm getting pretty close and it's not that I thought it was him it was only until I would say about six months later that I was like holy shit he is literally everything on the list. And I tell him that all the time now. Wow. And how long have you guys been dating now? Um, so we started dating in, well, April. So this August, we would have been in a relationship for two years. Um, however, we, were, we dated for like six months before before I said yes to being his girlfriend. Oh, wow. That is such an incredible story. Oh my gosh. Like being, because I've heard this story so many times. And so it just continues to add the evidence and proof of like really writing a list with intention. But I think the way that you went about it is what made the difference because I've found myself writing the list and I've had other people be like, I have the list. I don't know where the fuck he is, you know? (laughs) And like, it's the sense of waiting. Right. And I think that you even mentioned that as like, you're, you're helping women stop waiting. And so it's cool that you just like integrated that. Well, okay. If I already had it, what would I feel? How would I show Mm -hmm. up to my day? And that kind of like comes back to some of the things you shared of like the identity of, of you wanted to become the woman that has that relationship that is content. You know, you, you, so that was like a month. So you had like a year of traveling and healing and then spending those months. And it's, it's so like how freaking cool that he texted you when you were on your flight home. I know I was literally about to board the flight. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So like, what would you say to someone right now that is um, struggling with a breakup, right? Because what if they're like, oh, great. All I heard is I need to go on a trip to, to, and and at this moment, I can't even leave my house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, how would you, um, how would you coach or guide them if they were in the middle of a breakup right now and and wanting that healing journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I can totally understand that because I have had clients who tell me that like going on a trip, like that's not on the table for me right now. But I would say that you can actively, you can get creative, actively decide to go on a trip without leaving your house. You don't have to go anywhere, but you can make a decision for yourself in your mind. Like I'm going on a trip and I'm going to heal myself. And you, it doesn't have to be a physical trip. 
you just have to take your mind there. You have to be in that mindset. You know, maybe tell your friends and family that you're taking a little time for yourself, you know, and, and you literally make it your space. Maybe you light some candles, you spend some time journaling, like really spend some time with you and getting to know you. And I just, I don't think you have to spend money or go somewhere fancy in order to do that. You can do it from your house. You can do a little staycation, like whatever feels good for you. Um, and really, and truly like for me, my trip was really a commitment to myself, a recommitment to myself to building up the woman that I knew that I could be. Mm-hmm. And more than that, it was like, I was so pissed. Like he literally effed my life up. I was so mad and I was holding on to so much anger inside of me that just had to let go. And I just, I I remember this quote that really stuck with me and like getting hurt or being hurt is not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. And I would just say, just make your healing your responsibility. Just be patient, you know, allow yourself to cry. I never stopped myself from crying. I cried all the time. I swear I might've not had tears left, but like I cried. I allowed that to happen. I I literally treated myself like a baby, like whatever you want to feel, whatever you want to do. Like I just let it be okay. And I just made healing my responsibility. And I mean, I would say the like one of the other important things was just really filling my mind with positive things. And so it was like, I couldn't really trust my brain space to not think about him or to really be on a vacation. So I had to, you know, listen to Abraham Hicks, listen to podcasts, listen to music, listen to just like positive things so that I didn't have to be thinking the shitty thoughts in my own head. Somehow those other positive things were able to reprogram my mind and all of us like slowly but surely I started thinking and showing up in that way because it was all I was listening to I wasn't even listening to bullshit that my mind was telling me because at the time it was bullshit Mm -hmm. I totally relate with you on the the not being able to trust where the mind's going to take you because I especially after a breakup it's it's like holy shit how did I let this all happen and can I trust myself again to make sure this doesn't happen? And something that always like that has supported me so much is that we didn't have the information then that we have now, you know, if we would have known then what we know now, things could have been differently, but we didn't have the information. So it's like just taking it as it is and continuing on. And I like that you said you, you, you let yourself be fully in your emotions, almost like a baby of like letting yeah. whatever come, you know, letting whatever comes up, come out. Cause I think that is one of the biggest keys to it. Cause I think if we, if we tell ourselves, I shouldn't be feeling this way, we're like dismissing and degrading our emotionality, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's so powerful in the way that you went about it. And I agree that it doesn't need to be a physical trip to leave somewhere, but the intention of deciding you're going to heal. Ah, oh, so powerful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because it, it comes back to something that we talked about bef- uh, on another conversation between us of like, decide. because in order to decide you were going to heal, 
we need to believe that healing's available. Oh yeah. Right. So it's like, did you always know that it was possible to heal? Was it just like a small voice or was there any time that it felt defeated of like, well, this is my life now, like kind of being, I call it the victim trap. And I think that we all have moments where we fall into the victim trap of feeling helpless. And that's, I mean, that's why I'm a self-love and empowerment coach is like constantly returning to that center, returning to our power and our self-belief. So was there times where you didn't believe it was possible that you didn't believe it was available to you? Yeah. I mean, I think that it was like at that time, it was really like a fair, like I'm not going to find somebody else. And like, not going to lie, like this certainty that I feel right now around my relationship, like I feel amazing. Like I feel happy. I don't make like, I'm responsible for my own happiness. I don't make him responsible for like, you know, doing stuff or saying stuff that, you know, would make me happy. And so it's like, I never, I didn't feel this certainty at that time. You know, when we first started going out, you know, of course I had healed. I had done the work to show up there. But when we first started dating, like one of the things that I did, not super proud of it, but I totally compared my ex and the person I was dating, my current boyfriend. Like I totally compared them. I totally thought about like, I would never, like I was really like putting my ex up on a pedestal and I thought nobody can compare to him. Like I am like, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. Um, one of the things that I did was like when we, my, my boyfriend and I started dating, like, you know, he, it was a different person. It was like getting used to somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I like, I didn't have any rebound boyfriend or anything. It, it was like, this is a new person dating them. I like them and whatever. And so he, he's like, we're getting used to each other. Right. And like, he puts his arm around me and I literally, like, I got so mad, not because of his him putting his arm around me but I was like his arm is like too heavy and he like it weighs too much so I was literally comparing small shit like that to my ex I was literally holding this candle to him all of the time everything it was like who's gonna match up to this person who's gonna be as good as this person who's gonna know me as well who's gonna you know all of those things and it was like what that was was a fair that he was the only person for me and that somebody like it couldn't be somebody else and it was really having me stuck in say like this idea of you know your soulmate or thinking like he's my soulmate and I only have one and this idea that somebody else was somehow in control of my reality but the truth is I really just had to wake up to the fact and really wake up to the fact that one he was gone And two, there was like a living, breathing human being who was standing in front of me, willing to accept me as the wonderful woman that I am, but also with all of the hurt that I was carrying. You know, so I'm just saying that it was a journey to even accept him into my life and to know that, you know, even though I had created this beautiful person in my journal, to even believe that I was also worthy of that person like that's a whole other journey right yeah showing up in that self-love 
Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the part about believing we're worthy of that. I think that that's such like a deep subconscious thing of like, we'll sabotage things and not understand why. And I truly believe that it's because our subconscious doesn't think we can do it or are worthy of it, you know? Um, And something that I'm hearing too, from what you just said is you sat with yourself through each of those emotions that came up. I think it's, it's everyone wants the quick fix and things. And you and I both know the quick fix doesn't create like long term change, you know? Um, And it sounds like you allowed yourself to be wherever you were and dealt with those things as they came instead of numbing it or ignoring it or just putting it to the side. Yeah, for sure. And I think like one of the things I also didn't do was like, let, let sort like small things stop me. Like if, if the person that I was dating didn't totally line up to the ideal of what I wanted, it was also like, being like being gracious enough to share with them maybe what are the ways that you know things things weren't really matching up for me or or like what are those what are the little things that I weren't I wasn't exactly happy with and that like sharing those things just revealed enough like led to me figuring out another thing on the list that he totally checked the box on which was that he took my feedback and like nobody has ever listened to me. And, you know, he may not have said something in the moment, but like the next day I would see literally exactly what I asked for just because he was there showing up and listening to me and listening to what it is. I felt like I wanted and needed and gave that to me. So I also think you have to be patient in the process and just kind of know that it's going to work out for you. It doesn't matter. Like for me, one of the things that I hold up, held on to at that time was also that it doesn't matter what his name is. It doesn't matter what he looks like because the perfect, like perfect person is already like mine. It's already on its way to me. And I like, I truly believe that it was, it was coming. It was whether it was the person in front of me or not, I still knew that I was on the journey to get there. And so it was like, I kept showing up in that version already, already having that. And how I would act is like, how would I treat the person, this ideal person in my journal? How would I treat them? And how would I ask for what I want with that person? Did you visualize and like journal that out before meeting him? for sure yeah um like I like meet like how I would meet them no that that, yeah of course yeah yeah I didn't I didn't do that I just really focused on what I wanted not who I wanted and like the who as I said would, would wouldn't be important what's more important I think is like what it is you want you know like when you have your perfect person do you really care what their name is yeah (laughs) it's like the one thing they didn't choose (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so in that I was like sorry like not being attached to one person or the other so like yeah we were dating and I was taking things off of my list but I still wasn't attached like you have to be this perfect person ever ever I was 
I was amazing. not like putting that on him because that was a, that would be a lot of pressure, especially for a new relationship. Like you've yeah. got to, did you, you ever worry it would my journal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, um, like worry about saying stuff that it might mess it up, you know, like because of the past experience of not being able to like have those feedback conversations. Like, did you ever worry like, Oh, if I say something, could I mess it up? Um, honestly, I think it was the opposite. I think I was pretty, um, pretty fearless with stuff. It was like, I had heard so much that I knew that I can go through hurt again and be okay. Mm. Like I knew that. And so it was like, I used what I went through to my advantage to become more honest, to become more fearless, to ask for what I want more, to be more clear and um it was it was like just like you know I don't have anything to lose I so it was like I know I'm getting the perfect person for me that's already done that's between me and the universe and we already had an agreement with that and then like I also knew that if things don't work out for any reason I could handle it because I've been through it and nothing could be worse than that and it was because I also knew the process, the self-love, the how to build myself back up. And so I can do it again. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't that fear of like, oh, I don't, I remember someone telling me, what did they call it? They call it like the, the hole. They're like, I don't want to go back in the hole, you know, mm-hmm. of like that, that the fear. And I think that it's, it's the belief that it's not in our control, right? That we don't have a say or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and it's like, um, I think like when you, that's all perspective, right? Like when you show up to a situation and you're willing to feel anything, there's nothing you're not willing to do. There's not like to find my person, my, that person in my journal, there wasn't anything I wasn't willing to do. Hmm. Um, you know, I, and there was not anything that I wasn't willing to feel, and I think that's the really that's, that's the big one. That's the big one. Cause I think that there's a, a misunderstanding with like being a positive person means you don't feel the negative emotions. And I think like the whole way of like being able to be a positive person is feeling the depth of all of that emotional scale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes I don't even think of it as like positive versus negative. I just like from a really high level and from, uh, from a, not a high level, but like from a really simple standpoint as a coach, like I always just say that we all think in stories. Our brain is always giving us a story. Mm-hmm. And then there's only one question. Is that story serving you or is it not? And like, that's it. Like, you don't have to be positive. Like I have, I have a client and you know, she's like, listen, this positive thinking thing does not work for me. And I was like, okay, lady, I got you. Um, and I was like, you don't have to be a positive poly, but you don't get to show up to our coaching sessions and tell me the story that is not serving you and tell me you don't want to be positive about it. I don't care. You don't have to be positive, but you have to tell yourself a different story that is serving you so that you can get the result that you want. Otherwise you just stay stuck in your garbage story and not going anywhere. Amen, sister. 
Definitely. And it's like, we get to rewrite the story anytime we want. Anytime you want, you just get to decide. Crazy, huh? It is. It's amazing. And that was like, I think a huge turning point for me was getting, it was, it felt like an invitation to rewrite. And I didn't know that I could. Mm. And that, you know, and well, it is like, it's, it's kind of weird to try and sink back into like, where was my mind at right after the breakup or right after like these traumatic times. And like the most traumatic things have always been the things that have shaped me. Like I kind of say that death has been my biggest teacher, but I think Mm. that the grieving process and death, 100% applies to breakups, losing a job, big life changes. There's a grief that's happening with everyone around the world right now with things happening. And so, yeah, it, it, it does open things up. And if we're give ourselves permission to dance with whatever comes up, knowing that we know who we are. And I think that was a big thing is I needed to know who I was and traveling taught me that on a deeper level. And it sounds like that was this very similar thing for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're, you're willing to dance with it. That, that, that just sounds so beautiful. Doesn't it sound so nice? Like that's how I view it because I feel like from a female perspective, we don't resonate with the war style analogies that men do resonate with. Right. Mm. Cause men are like, beat the fear, face the war. Like, or they don't say it quite like that, but you know what I mean? It's all about a battle, right? You got to battle your fears. And I think that as women, we resonate and we open up so much differently when we think about dancing with our fears, dancing with our worries, dancing and like creating that new story. It's like, okay, well, how can I dance with this experience a little bit in my mind to make it serve me, to make it an empowering story versus a disempowering story? Um, Oh yeah. And being able to decide, okay, well, if I could rewrite the story, what's another angle? And I picture it being like a little globe and we could look at the globe in one angle. But if we just turn the globe, we're seeing a completely different view. And so that's kind of an analogy I give to clients for creating that new story. It's like, okay, well, if you could pick it up and turn it around, what could be another story? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. I'm such a visual learner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I am too. Um, and I love that. Like the dancing with it just makes like I, I'm getting chills. I love it. Um, and it's just like I think what's key in that is like being able to sit in the discomfort of it. Yes. And that and that's it. Like think of like the reason why we don't do you know lots of stuff. What's the re- like the real reason? Like, I think like for me, for a long time, I didn't, I never went to the gym. And the real reason was that I didn't want to feel the discomfort of doing it wrong, of looking stupid, of like being the beginner. And yeah, it was just like, but once I was willing to start feeling that, it, it, you know, the whole experience opened up for me. Yeah. Yeah, the, definitely. I, there's an affirmation that was given to me on this that has stuck with me and it'll be with me forever. And it's whenever shit feels really shitty <laughs> or things are <laughs> feeling heavy is I'm willing to be with myself in this right now. I'm willing to be with myself right now because it's easy. Like I would, you know, and that affirmation keeps me by being like, you know what? I am willing to be with myself because if I were to imagine it being another person, 
I wouldn't be like, wow, well, I don't want to be around you. I mean, maybe we have that in our <laughs> life, right? If like yeah. someone is like a negative person or someone who's in a disempowered story that's like, it re- rubs off on you. But for the context of it being like an empathy exercise, if I imagine a version of me sitting next to me that's crying, I wouldn't be like, I'm so uncomfortable around you. I need to leave. I would be able to sit and hold space, you know? But mm-hmm. until I started reframing that I'm willing to be with myself and I don't need to escape or push that to the side and that it's safe to feel all the emotions, then it felt, then it felt safe. You know, then it's like, I'm willing to yeah. be with myself through the discomfort of being uncomfortable. And I think that's also a great way to describe it. Instead of it's like a negative feeling, it's like, no, this is just uncomfortable. I'm growing right now and, it, and I have growing pains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. And like, I, I, this is something I always talk about with my clients is exactly like echoing exactly what you just said, which is like, are you willing to love yourself even when you gain 20 pounds, even when you haven't made a dollar in your business yet, even mm-hmm. when you fight with your partner, like, are you willing to love yourself even when Or are you only just going to love yourself as long as, because like, you know, I've had clients and they're they're like, you know, holding on to a past version of themselves, a version of themselves that are 20 pounds lighter and they're loving that version. But I'm like, are you just going to love yourself as long as you're 20 pounds less? Or can you love yourself even when you're 20 pounds more? Like literally even when, like be like making that decision to love yourself even when, and no matter what happens, I, I just like, it unlocks everything. You become the butterfly, you get out of the cocoon and you just get to fly around the world because all of a sudden, everything, it doesn't matter where you go, you know that you can still love yourself. And no matter what happens and what hole you find yourself into, you can love yourself anyway. Mm, that's so good. You guys grab a pen, grab a piece of paper and write, I love myself even when, and finish that sentence of whatever it means for you. That is gold right there. Cause I think it's like, I love myself even when I don't have a job. I love myself even when I'm not making money. I love myself even when I feel blank. And that's just so powerful because it instantly takes off this, um, stigma or takes off a pressure that, you know, to be the performer, to be the achiever, to the the reward, um, like dynamic of, okay, if you do this, you get this. And like growing up as a kid, it's like, everything is, is around positive behavior, right? It's like, be a good girl, be quiet, no crying. Well, actually my family never said no crying. They, they didn't stand a chance against me and my tears. But, <laughs> but, but being able to take away of like, I don't need to do anything to earn this happiness. I'm allowed to feel this right now. I give myself permission to feel this right now. And I think that if we give ourselves that permission, ah, oh, the doors open. Or like you said, like we break through the cocoon of like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to say that I am acceptable, loving, whole human being with the, without the material stuff. Oh, mm-hmm that's where things just open up. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you deciding to like go to the gym, you decided to be the person, like you were willing to go be the newbie. Oh God. That was the worst growing pains ever, 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 ever. 
Um, like for me at the time, that was maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I wanted to lose weight and I was like, I, I, I had a moment talking to a coach at the time and we were really like, you know, she was, you know, coaching me around it and like around like going to the gym and like, she was like, well, how would you feel about going to the gym today? And I was like, um, I don't like have the time. And she was like, do you really not have the time? I was like, well, no, I just, I don't like, I don't want to go. I just, I don't like it. It's like, uncomfortable. It's kind of gross. It's like, you know, and you know, in that coaching conversation, here's what came up. It was how I felt towards the people who went to the gym. And like in my mind, people who go to the gym and like, especially like it was mostly around women, like women who go to the gym. I mean, they're just prissy, spoiled gals wearing Lululemon. They have not a care in the world. They only care about exterior beauty and like how they look and if their eyebrows are done and how their hair looks. And they just don't like, they're just, they just not involved with the important things in life. But I was involved in the important things in life. Like just check out these self-absorbed thoughts. Right. And so, I mean, like even hearing those thoughts out loud, didn't even make me change them so to speak like she was like well here's your homework you got to go to the gym I don't really care where you go pick a class pick a thing but you got to go before our next session and I'm like a super seller like part of who I am is like I go to my coaching and I it's so important for me as a coach to show up for my coaching the way I want my clients to show up to coaching with me and so I got to do my homework and so if nothing was brute force, got me to a spin class. And I showed up and there are ladies in their Lululemon. And we like, of course, like I've never been to spin class in my life. No idea what to expect. They have these like, you know, fancy shoes. I have no idea how to get them onto my bike. And I'm like the only person who's like a newbie. And everyone's like, I picked a class where it's like choreography and I, like I hated dancing at the time. I was so un- like all of these things were like, I was just uncomfortable in my body and like in- uncomfortable in my self-expression. And so I showed up to the class. I literally died the whole way through, but I actually <laughs> had a little bit of fun. <laughs> it was, it was so like, it was like a transformational moment. Like I, I was so confused. I couldn't do like any of the choreography things, but there were women in their Lululemon and their ass looked great and they worked super hot and they took their shirt off in class and they are, they were, they, they look confident. They were nice to me. They helped me find my locker. They helped me put on the shoes. They, you know, like after the class, Oh, the instructor was like, she's the worst of them all. She's so peppy, you know? And at the end of the class, she comes up to me and she's like, hi, you're Ananda, right? I saw a new name on my list. And I'm like, okay. You know, and she's like, she's talking to me and she's like, how's the class? And she's like, are you going to come again? And she was so nice. And I'm just like, like I, like I went home having had to like, with my tail between my legs because I had so judged these people 
And before my eyes, they were literally just proving me wrong on so many levels. And I realized that, that I actually wanted to be like them. I wanted to be the person who went to the gym, who had a nice butt and, you know, showed up to working out, feeling excited and happy to be there. And like, you know, I wanted that. And because I didn't think that I was the person who could have that, I criticized them. I alienated them. And all I did by doing that was put distance between me and what I wanted. And that's what we do when we criticize people, right? Especially the people. Yeah. The people who, they had something that I wanted, but I wouldn't even let myself admit that because I had so many judgments about them and about who they were and the, the life that they were living. Is it that part of you didn't believe it was available to someone like you? Yeah, I mean, I like I I tell this story sometimes and it was like for me I start I I I started to like I started to go to the class more regularly and of course sitting with my coach were talking about it. Um and she's like, "Well, you know, what does your ideal look like? What's your goal look like?" Um and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what it looks like, right? And I tell her about this picture that I have of Ashley Graham on my vision board. And, you know, she's a supermodel. She's, like, beautiful, super confident. Um, and it was only, like, a couple months into going back to the spin class that I had really, like, <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks when I realized that Ashley is actually like nine, like she's like a whole foot taller than me. I'm super short. She's a supermodel. She's tall. And like her, you know, her structure, she's just, she's just taller than me. And I realized that I would have to gain weight to actually like be her weight or like look like her. And what that revealed to me was that I didn't think that I was the person who could lose weight, who could look like any of those Lululemon girls. In fact, I even thought that if I lost weight, I would lose a part of my uniqueness. I would lose a part of what made me me. And so those two forces acting together, like I didn't think I was the person who could lose weight. I could only gain weight. So even though I had this woman on my vision board with, who was beautiful and confident and sexy and amazing and such an inspiration in the world, it still revealed to me what it is I believed was possible for me. And that was only to gain weight. It, like, it almost like it wasn't available to me. It was only for the Lululemon gals. And while I had much more respect for them now, it was like I, I didn't know how to let myself be one of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so interesting how like we will other people and judge them when it's like, okay, it's actually revealing to me something I want. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Tony Robbins said this. Um, He said that we don't become the person that we want to be. We become the person that we are. And so when he, like that quote from him opened up 
like so, so much for me because it was, I didn't believe that I was the person, like it was my identity. Like I'm the person who shows up to the gym, super excited. I, you know, wear my Lululemon pants. I take off my shirt during the class, you know, because it's like, that's like even that little thing, like when you're feeling hot and in the class, you take off your shirt, like that, all of that is even confidence. Like they don't have a problem doing that because that's like their identity. That's why they show up to the gym every day. And that's why they eat well be, or, or, or whatever they do. It's because that's who they are. And therefore they have the body that goes with it, right? Versus me thinking who I am is a person who can gain weight. And so it was like, I really had to change that identity in order to get what I wanted. It was like, I had to be the woman who loses weight and who looks amazing and feels amazing and feels like Ashley Graham. But I also had to, to confront the fact that I didn't believe that I was available to me, that I didn't think that I was, you know, of course that's like a worthiness issue. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to take action at the level that I would have needed to take action at to lose weight unless I believed that I was the person who could lose weight and who, who could be a Lululemon girl. It's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And it did it, it, would you, how long did it take you to feel like, no, I am this kind of person. Was it a light switch thing that happened after the first class or was it a transition? Yeah. I don't like, no, for sure. It wasn't like, um, the judgment of the, the women who were at the class was like, that came first. And after some months of, you know, going back to class and I was enjoying it, like I was having fun. Um, and like after a couple months of going back to the class and seeing like some results, like I could, like my butt, my thighs are definitely like toning up a lot more. And like cellulite was like going away and like my skin was looking smoother, but I wasn't really losing weight. Like I wasn't, I still wasn't like looking like them. And so then I had to assess what it is, was happening in my life. Like where, where am I and where do I want to go? And this is when I had that realization about what was on my vision board. And so with uh, Ashley and the person who was um, actually weighed more than I was at the time. Um, and so I actually, I needed to do a couple of things. I needed to replace the person on my vision board, which I did. Um, and she's, you know, like my height, closer to what like my bone, my frame is, my smaller frame. And um like I started to shift what it is I believed was available to me and I started to take action. So I had a friend, she went to the gym five days a week, rain or shine, no matter what. And one of the things that I did was I started to go with her. Um, and I just, I just, I told her, um, you know, like I, you know, kind of would like to work out too. And she's like, yeah, well, you should come with me. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, come with me. So I started to go with her. And it wasn't like I was going, I was just going with her. Right. And so it's like, that's how I was able to like get my brain on board. Like we were just, we're just going with her, you know, 
Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't make myself think too much about it and be like, oh, you're, you're like, you have this to do and that to do because your brain will give you all the shitty excuses in the world. Um, especially because they're the most practiced, right? Like our thoughts, uh, you know, our, our, our thoughts are just, sorry, our beliefs are just thoughts that we keep thinking and our brain always wants to just preserve energy and do the easiest, fastest, quickest thing. And so when you're, you're accustomed to making excuses for doing something. So I was so used to making excuses about going to the gym or about eating or all of the things like I was just, I was so used to those stories that my brain would only feed me that I had to now start practicing something new and over and over and over so that that new thought that I'm forming will become the most thought thought the most practice thought so that my brain would start to feed me that versus just feeding me the same thoughts that gave me the results that I had. And so it was like, it was kind of like at the time with my ex, like just listening to the positive, like listening, like putting something positive in my head and like not letting my brain do my thinking for me, like letting that stuff be what I was thinking about. And letting that stuff filled my mind space. Similar to that, in this other weight loss circumstance, I just spent time with this person, right? Like we would have casual conversations. She became a really good friend. She's now one of my best friends. And I was just do like I was just letting her habit become a part of my life by having her close to me changed for me what was available to me because I went with her every time to the gym with her and like, you know, I would spend time with her and she was, I mean, she would eat salads and it wouldn't be a problem. And I was like, salad, oh, like I'm not going to spend more money on a salad than I would spend on a burger when I could get a salad for literally a fraction of the cost in the grocery. But of course I wasn't going to the grocery to get it. You know, I just, you know, those, those things come up when you just don't believe that you're the person who does that. Like I wasn't the person who ate salads, right? And she was, and that's why she did it because she believed that that's the person that she is. And so I spent my time with her and I just didn't let my brain think for me. I just let that habit that she had already formed become a part of my life. And slowly but surely, and like over a period of time, I think we worked out together for about three and a half, four months. And like, literally, it's just who I am now. I work out five days a week. I I eat well. I nourish my body. I lost 33 pounds. Like all of those things happened, not because I started going to the gym, but because I, I changed the perception that I had of myself. I went to work on my thoughts around food. I went to work on my thoughts around my body. I went to work about my thoughts on what was available to me. And that those thoughts about me is what created the feelings. And like the feelings of I could do it. And the feelings of this is who I am. And the feeling of certainty and confidence in that 
And that certainty and confidence is what created the action of the gym, the action of the salad. And when you deal with problems from that level of the thought versus going and forcing yourself into the action with the same garbage thoughts and the same shitty feelings, like you just, you just cannot take action from the same place. And, you know, even though you may get some level of results, they won't be lasting results because you're still thinking the same thoughts and you just cannot change your life thinking the same things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I love how you said that, you know, a thought, a belief is a thought you keep thinking. That's so incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for giving me the space to share it. Definitely. And it, I think it's just so powerful of like the, our internal, like every single one of us as human beings, we want to belong. We want to feel like we belong. And like a lot of your story of what I'm hearing is, is you continued to show up until you had an internal sense of belonging at the gym that you're like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm here. I belong here. This is who I am. You know? Yeah. And I feel like that can just translate into so many other areas of our life of like, believing. no, like I can't, either I am this person or I can become this person, right? I'm, what can I do that would help me embody being this person? Um, it, it's so incredible, like the power of the mind. Cause I think that a lot of the times we think action and force needs to be at the forefront, but that's such a byproduct of the self-belief. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like you can totally do it with action and force, but that's just it. Like, do you want it to feel like action and force? Or do you want it to feel amazing? And the way it will start to feel amazing is if you go, if you go inside and figure out like what are the like when you're feeling shitty, like what are the thoughts that I'm having that are making me feel this way? And like for me, it was like, I can't do this. This isn't who I am. I felt like and and those thoughts made me feel like a fraud, which made me force myself to go because it was against who I am. Versus when I I literally just this is going to sound, you know, a little bit crazy because some of us are like, you know, I don't want to, you know, change who I am. And I'm like, I'm changing who I am every minute of every day. Would you say, would you say in a sense, you're becoming more of who you truly are? Yeah. And, and, and totally because like, I'm always like looking at what I want and like what it is is possible for me by you know just in my in my moments of feeling amazing and I'm just dreaming and I'm just journaling and I'm talking and like even when I look at my vision board and I've put out so much possibility there it's like it's like I want that and I know that at a core level like that's who I am and so at every Every time I level up, I have to let go of that identity in order to like get another level, in order to move to another phase or move me closer to where it is I want to go. And allowing myself, like having that sort of, I think where that comes from is like a certainty and like a belief that I know that I am getting there and I'm getting closer to that. And so I'm willing to release any ever and everything that doesn't serve me in order to get there, including this version of myself. Like, Mm. yeah, I've done a ton of work on myself to get me to this very point, but I'm willing to let go of anything and every, like literally 
friendships. I, I mean, I'm, I've done it and it's been painful, some of it, but some of it, like even as I move forward, it becomes less and less painful because I'm not being attached to it. And what I'm really going after is like who I am, those big goals, that impact that I get to have as that person. And of course, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it is, including friendships, including this version of myself, including, you know, everything that I know and know to be comfortable in service of that. It's so beautiful. And it's such a deep devotion because I resonate so much with everything that you're saying of like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to become the truest, most expressed version of me and my soul. And Mm. I'm so grateful that there are um, women like you that are helping lead, helping guide other women towards the same level of, of freedom, emotional freedom, right? Freedom to, to, to be freedom to transform freedom to welcome in freedom to let go it's all laced with freedom um and it, it's it's i'm so glad that we got to share your story today yeah thank you so much for, for giving me the space and and yeah welcoming me to your podcast yeah definitely so i have like a thing i like to ask everyone towards the end of the show um to complete the sentence Self-love, self-love is self-responsibility. Self-love is self-responsibility. I agree. I love that. It's always fun to hear the versions, right? Because it's such a (laughs) self-defined thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think that self-love is the key to everything. And I think that like when you can take responsibility for your life, no matter what, at any level and really own it and just know that whatever happens, it's all my fault. Like I caused this, like my sister yelling at me, I caused that. Me, my, you know, her, that, that just came about from my creating that. And like, when you know at a level that you've created everything in your life, the good and the bad, that gives you the power to change it, Right like self-love and self-responsibility gives you the power to change something. Ooh, yes, indeed. I agree so much. So guys, if you want to get connected with Ananda, um, she actually has some freebies available, which are downloads that can support you in your breakup, could support you in manifesting a, a, a new way of being, manifesting into the life you're becoming. And so that's all in the show notes. Um, for you to be able to click around. You can also connect with her on Instagram. Um, and also if you guys are listening, you really love this episode, take a screenshot of where, of your phone and post it to Instagram stories, tag me, tag Ananda. That's where both of us are always hanging out. That's where we met. We haven't become friends <laughs> IRL in real life yet, but maybe one day <laughs> got to love the interweb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for sharing this space with me. And it's been such an honor connecting with you. And I hope that we do one day IRL. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. It has been so great having you. Thank you, Ananda. Um, Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Joyfully You podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and we will catch you on the next episode. If the worst is happening, say, I love you so much. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful
negative stuff Time to clean up, clean up, clean up The negative stuff The negative stuff You'll survive through it You'll survive through this You can do it You'll survive through this Just go on cheer